1: Connect with a credential therapist by phone, video or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
2: Hello everyone, Happy New Year. It is the Redmen Originals podcast. I am Paul Meechian with Chris Pajak, Chloe Bloxham, Dan Club. Uh, this is about Liverpool being top of the league, Ooh. which we very much... Did. You know, look like we weren't gonna be when we last uh, we you know we, we last did these podcasts. We were, had Arsenal and we mm-hmm. were all and then we ran out of it and it was all a bit stressful. And now it sounds <laughs> and even better. We've just spoken to Pet from Toffee TV and uh, you know, they've lost their
3: last four games and all in all comps. That's amazing. I, I don't know when that happened, but it. it it did yeah because I keep seeing them lose but I've never added them up <laughs> I'm made up every time they lose but never never think oh yeah how many is that on the balance? great stuff uh, yeah Liverpool won on
2: New Year's Day uh, a barnstorm and 40 win over Newcastle United we'll discuss that in a minute and then we're going to go on to talk about the FA Cup third round game against Arsenal uh, but before we do I just want to draw your attention to the fact that we have got we're we, we calling it a tour we're calling it a tour we've got three stops uh, we're going to be in both the islands all three technically um, um, so we're gonna to be over in Belfast, we're gonna be in Dublin and we're gonna be in London. If you go to Ticketmaster, um you go to docker.uk and just says Red TV, all three will come up. But annoyingly, um yeah they're not in like date order because obviously Dublin is technically international um compared to Belfast. So yeah there's two in the United Kingdom which I've never thought about as a thing before. Um Belfast uh, on the 24th of March at the Limelight uh, we're then <laughs> we're then in the United Kingdom on the 24th of April at the Indigo at the O2 in London uh, before jumping back in time to the 25th of March to go to the Academy in Dublin so yeah uh, grab your tickets for that one uh, it's going to be very very good fun indeed uh, right Chris hi hi um, we fucking battered Newcastle absolutely battered them
3: yeah it was really good to see wasn't it I mean obviously everyone's Made up with the XG and all the shots and everything else. But like, it was just great to see Liverpool attack with verve and, you know, purpose and and all that type of stuff. Like, there was a frustration part, a frustrating part of the game, certainly as well, where, you know, you really felt like Liverpool needed to to take the chances. But it turns out they didn't need to take the chances because they were going to have loads, loads more chances and they were going to take some of them and stuff. But I think all told, when you look at the performance and the way that we, we did dominate Newcastle. Um, and I know they've been in a bit of a poor run and all that type of stuff, but you can't take any credit away from us. We've got to go out there. We've got to do it. We know it's a tricky time of the year. We know there's pressure on us because I think people are starting to think about Manchester City and they are starting to think about the title and stuff now. So to be able to go out and put a performance like that in against a very good side um, is exactly what we needed. Um,
2: Chris kind of like scooted over the X, the XG and stuff then, but apparently it's the biggest ever. Yeah, seven point. Well, Sover have got at seven point one one to point zero uh point six I should say for, mm. for Newcastle. It was just
3: it was it was dominant. Sorry, sorry. not only is it the biggest ever by us, it's the biggest combined by two sides so in the Premier down. League. Here we and go. they had like a point something. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Which is amazing, like as well when you think about it, that like that's insane. But we had nine mm. big chances on the mm. day and I've never seen that before. Like yeah. no. and that was that was just it. It
2: was it was rampant and I said on my post-match reaction video that it had like it was reminiscent of the 90s games because the scoreline 4-2 is not a million miles away from 4-3 basically but um, it really wasn't that their goals I don't know it's odd isn't it because that could have been one of those games that was one of those nights when it's close and it's tight and we've not gotten the goal and we've missed the penalty and we've had the one chalked off and then when they equalise it could have been one of those nights but in reality I don't know I never even when they scored I never
4: felt Asked, it just felt like Liverpool were going to continue to to battle. Yeah, I think that's it, and I think that stems from Liverpool being so dominant pretty much from the outset really from minute one to 90 whatever it was Liverpool were very much on the front foot it had all the hallmarks of a vintage Liverpool under year clock performance the intensity was there the pressing was there we were just all over like a rash they couldn't breathe they couldn't get out and I think you're right I think even when they did have moments in the game and there were two or three it never really felt particularly damaging because we were so on it we were always going to create more and more and more and I think in terms of the XG a little bit of us not being a little bit profligate in front of the goal a little bit wasteful stems from us being a little bit wasteful and the Bravka having a really good game as yeah, well sure. but ultimately there were moments whereby you thought is it going to be one of these because we've seen it against Manchester United it wasn't too dissimilar to that whereby we've constantly got the ball in the final third constantly got these moments whereby you think this is it it's going to happen and then it broke down and ultimately going in at half time at 0-0 was baffling to me because yeah. it just wasn't a 0-0 first half of football I know there was disallowed goal and the missed penalty but even forget in them, it was like Liverpool was so so dominant for minute one. It just should have been two or three by half time. Then who knows by full time? But yeah, that was a proper performance from Liverpool and a bit of a statement for me because Chris is right. Like Newcastle, for all their woes at the minute and their issues, they're still a decent side. You know, they're gonna be in the top six or seven there or they're about. So to do what we did to them, albeit the scoreline flattered them a little bit, I think to do what we did to them in the manner that we did was a real marker from the Reds. Yeah, no, I mean it's interesting because. Dan mentions the first half, Chloe.
2: I turned to the guy behind me that and went, That was a full game of football in yeah. a half of football. Like it had absolutely everything. We crammed so much in. And, and as well, it being a, an attack on the cop thing, it did feel like the game's done. Oh, it's not. We're, we're just on, but we're on top. And even though it was, it, it, it was mad. Again, someone else said to me, Was that? Nil nil at half time, but having the full time whistle, it was a it was a wild first half.
1: Yeah, it was. You had goals that were obviously disallowed. You had so many chances. You had the penalty that was missed, then the follow up of that was missed, um, and obviously at half time it was like it was overlooked on the on the cop or in the stadium at least because of the blatant yellow card that just wasn't given a yellow card and that was the main talking point it was like Liverpool and Anfield was already getting frustrated mm. and we knew we already had 45 minutes to go but you do not want to rile us up anymore and Anthony Taylor decided that it was all about him and he was going to try and do that um, and to be fair, perfectly honest he set the stadium alight yeah. um, and if Liverpool and if the atmosphere wasn't good enough beforehand when we were having chance after chance and bit a man the atmosphere was brilliant. Yeah. You know, we were really, it was like we were trying to pull the ball into the goal. Like, obviously, uh, we've all heard about that famous saying, but Anthony Taylor made <laughs> Sorry, does that go famous
4: saying, pulling when, the, yeah, comb, the ball. Go on, <laughs> all the time. That's why we attacked
2: about.
3: that
4: end in the second half. Yeah. We
1: dragged that ball over yeah. the line. Um Especially, obviously, Louis Garcia's I goal. thought that straight away from yeah. the yeah, Um but you know, Anthony Taylor also helped us out because he, he that like his decisions in the game might have been sound, but it was overlooked by a clear yellow card not being given and like a breakup in like I've got no idea what's just that. No <laughs> <Well>,
3: um, <laughs> <laughs> John from Topy TV came in and did a dive oh, like Jota.
1: Oh, Okay, um, it was either
3: that or he was pretending to be a bunny. I'm not sure.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the two. Uh, yeah, either way, there was just so much going on, and it felt like he kind of needed a that are half-time to come and collect yourselves and thank God uh, the players were, just, uh, were much more calmer than all of us inside
2: the stadium well let's do Anthony Taylor um the, the in. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> he
3: in he's fucking rubbish he, he used uh, to be good apparently but he's never been good for Liverpool watches, no has he?
2: Uh, Paul Tompkins commented that like, he's basically the second worst but at least he gives penalties because oh. that's one thing he does he's, t- he's terrible at everything else but he does at least give Liverpool penalties which like Tierney never does and I saw someone say, like, he didn't react to his song very well. I mean, like, he got he got basically got a chance to cut the fuck off by the cop. Incredible. Which we did to Paul Tierney. But then Tierney actually then did a good decision and got, like, uh, you know, like, yeah, yeah he got a, po- a positive song, so, uh, song sung instead. Taylor never got that. He just got booed off the pitch at half-time. He got booed back onto it when the second half started. He got booed at, full- at full-time when he went off the pitch. He... And again it's tough because obviously I didn't watch it on the televised coverage so you've not got the gift of like all the replays back and even the highlights will miss load of those little moments and stuff but the one Chloe talks about like it's a blatant foul that he gives advantage and you just go it's alright he'll, he'll come back and book that and then apparently there's a rule that says like you don't have to or whatever but it's just there was a ton of like stupid things that he seemed to let go for Newcastle and there were a ton of things that he just penalised Liverpool for I don't know he totally lost control of the game yes, in the middle yeah. of it and that was a that was the it did work in the crowd's favor but it puts you on really uneasy ground it feels like you've got to beat 12 men when someone like that yeah plays and like it that. was
3: it was it was constant wrong decisions or decisions where you're sort of just a bit baffled like I I understand that the Liverpool got two yellow cards for the sense right totally get that but like I was watching Newcastle players do exactly the same thing when he was getting decisions wrong and no no dissent yellow cards were coming out and. You know, the amount of yellow cars that Joe Linton picked up, you could probably count mm. on for three hands. Yeah. You know, well, these... he did one well,
2: where he pulled like, we were talking about this and you, you didn't see it, but he pulls Curtis Jones that's back. How we by, score. Like, the, yeah, I like, guess. We scored from
3: that one. In our, in yeah. our, in, in, in we literally go down the other end and score yeah. straight yeah. after that. It's,
2: it's mad.
3: But it was a, cause he he pulls him back, it's in our penalty area, it's, it's it's a yard away from the byline, isn't mm. it? Mm. And and we go down the other end and score straight away. So that's probably why that one doesn't get pulled back or whatever. But there were so many from Joe Linton where you're thinking, I was this? man still on the field here
4: that's the thing for me and that's where a lot of sort of the animosity and the anger stems from but the Joe Linton one in particular the first one was speaking about where he plays advantage and doesn't book him because it felt like he'd already lit the blue touch paper on the game and there was fouls left right and centre he had his cards out you know constantly it felt like for the last 10 minutes of the first half but on the Joe Linton one he was living on the edge for so much of that game that it felt like had he have booked him early on, he'd have been gone. He was almost certainly going to get yellow card at some yep. point. So him not getting yellow card in the first instance was frustrating because it felt like they would be guaranteed to be down to ten men. And, and ultimately, he did get booked in the end.
1: Yeah, and his his booking is a, literally it's a cynical challenge. It's exactly mm. the same. We're on the counter attack. We're just actually further back. Mm, we're yeah. actually in a worse position mm. in this counter attack than we were in the first one. Um, and he just complete. I don't know who it is. It might be Watada. I've got no idea but it feels like it just comes at him across the knees and just it's a cynical foul but ever since i've been alive i felt like a cynical foul or a trying to um stop the advantage being played when someone's on the counter has always been a yellow card yeah. like yeah. it's been a nailed I on yellow
2: card weirdly we got a, we got away with one and i think it was canate toward the end and one of them and just and you seems to overlook it, but again, you're right. It's inconsistency, and particularly those where you just know it does a feeling. Isn't there certain yellow cards where you just you just know? And we debated a bit of this in the, over the last month or so of like, it is mad that we've become so accepting of such soft things being given as yellow cards. But if they're all given as yellow cards and they're just yellow cards, aren't they? And that was where a lot of the frustration came from when Joe Linton was booked. There's a couple of guys around me. Go, he's off. He's off, and like, oh no, he's not been booked yet. Like, how is, how is he not, yeah, exactly. how is he not yeah. been booked yet? He, he well should have been booked. And by also. Office.
1: Like I understand the referees gave the advantage and look, we might create a chance for it. It might be Darwin Nunes' chance. I've got no idea. But there is a 10-second period or what felt like a 10-second period where Diaz doesn't come to the ball because he's expecting a foul. Sabu's still on the floor and there's no one, not even Newcastle fans are running to the ball to win the ball because yeah. they know it's a Stonewall foul. All of us on the cop are screaming, it's a foul. And then five seconds later oh he's played on he must have played on but like there is a lot of confusion in that couple of seconds where he's played on where really it's not an advantage because they're still running back their players and our players the likes of Diaz isn't running to the ball cause he's confused as to what's going on
3: yeah. I would say on that one no play the whistle like if yeah, you yeah, it it right. just play the whistle he's got like, a like he's playing advantage yeah.
4: what he's got wrong is not booking him
2: after yeah. this That's and,
3: I, and I was going to ask this question Paul did he get the big decisions right in the game?
2: honestly yeah. I've got no idea. I I just came away with an overriding sense of he just wasn't very good at his job. So I don't honestly, honestly I've got no idea. I've no I've no thoughts about it beyond that overriding feeling of I just thought he I just thought he he was just I, he was he was crap. I just thought he was crap all told, and it's always counterbalanced by. I, I think if you, if you walk out of a game that you've won and you're still annoyed by the refereeing performance, my general barometer is I think you've had a crap refereeing performance. If you, normally you let it go because you're so Mm. jubilant that you've won. Um, we'll do the, do you want to do the penalties?
3: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah,
2: the, would the, you class them as the he made the big decisions and yeah. he gets yeah. them
3: both right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and listen for all the ones that he plays advantage or doesn't give a yellow card, he either plays advantage or calls a free kick. I think on the whole, it's a subjective thing when it comes down to the yellow cards. and I think he's got them wrong, but actually, in term of in terms of the decisions, he's actually made in the game. I actually can't fault many of them, and that's the mad thing, isn't it? Because and I think it comes down to how people talk about referees and, you know, we're so ready to go in on referees all the time, but when you step back and you look at the whole thing and you go, well, he's got two penalties there and loads of people disagree with the referee, but it's quite obvious that Jota does get a, a clip. Yeah. And it's quite obvious that Diaz is clipped, so he's given the two big decisions. I've seen so many referees get big decisions like that wrong that actually Taylor might deserve a little bit of credit in that he gets the big ones, right? Well, I think the, the, the thing about it, and I've seen Jota be criticised more than Mm.
2: Diaz for it, Mm. although Gary Neville, who we'll talk about in a second, tried his best to throw Diaz under the bus. You just don't go down like that unless there's a reason to go down like that. And I know, like, obviously, divers are divers, and, you know, there's there's some wonderful simulation in in, in Mm. footy. But the has one in particular like he's upended basically he falls so painfully i'm almost like mate if you if you're that prepared to go to ground in that kind of way you probably just give it, give you it, give you no the one dives
3: for the end. and lands with both knees on the floor yeah it's just an unnatural way you dive and you put your arms out you yeah. don't dive and hit the floor with two yeah. knees because <clears> that's what actually looked the worst part of it yeah is that the contact with the floor makes him like fucking dolphin or something. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's a weird way of going down, isn't it?
2: Yeah. The Jota one is the one that's obviously drawn the most ire, Dan. Yeah. I, um, I can see why people are debating it because if you don't care for Liverpool or Diogo Jota, and maybe let's say you're a former Newcastle United centre forward. Okay, yeah. Say, slash pundit. Yeah. Slash... Alan Shearer. Okay. Before yeah. yeah. I died
3: in the wall Mank. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Then you might have a little bit you might, you know, take on bridge with it. But I he does make he makes contact. Mm-hmm. And it does look awkward because and it's similar to the Diaz one, is because it's not like he's not felled. He's not like he doesn't have his legs taken out from under him and then he's gone. You know, mm-hmm. not it's not stonewall in that way. But and it, it and I have made a point about how he carries on into the Diaz one he's talking about. But like Jota's ankle gets clipped, mm-hmm. the next time that foot then goes to make contact with the ground, he goes down. Mm. It's not like he runs on that ankle too. It takes two more steps on it and then yep. goes down. It gets it. It obviously knocks him enough. It's. It, I don't,
4: it's a penalty I, 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 I'm a bit astonished at how much is being made of it no I agree yeah and it is a penalty I think Martin the himself has come out <laughs> <Yeah>. and said, <laughs> the, the, which the is pretty said, telling the goalie said yeah you know what I've caught him and I think people are forgetting as well and it's easy to do because everything is slowed down and sort of analysed to the nth degree these days but when you watch that in slow motion you think oh could he stay up could he carry on you know we'll never know just how off balance Jogo Jota was and he might in that split second think if I do try and get my shot away here there's no way I'm scoring because I'm not steady anymore I'm just gonna hit the side netting so there's your contact down you go and I see Rafa Honigstein as well tweeting about it like that happened at such a pace Jogo Joss is travelling at such a pace he's rounded him he's trying and then he gets a clip he's just gone he's just gone what, simple as that what
2: I would say and it, it, it ties into a comment from Kieran Orr here who says uh, one thing I'm not seeing anyone uh, talk about is how our first two goals were almost like the archetypal City goal in getting the ball to the byline and squaring yeah. it for a tap in uh, I, I, I either said that in a post-match video or maybe me and you had that conversation after the match club but I think the going down for penalties is actually part and parcel of that. It felt like a game where Liverpool were not there to fuck around. It felt like they were just going to give, you know, no one was there to score the, the the perfect goal. No one was there for egos. No one was there to bolster their own n- n- numbers or feather their own nests. It was, don't take it. It felt like someone said, don't take any chances with anything here. Just be ruthless. And actually, I'm not saying Jota or Diaz could have stayed up, but they both got kicked in the box. Yeah. So, you know what? Take the take take the penalty. And Joko Jota's a prick, by the way, and so is Luis Diaz. Mm. So it honestly wouldn't surprise me if it did go through the Reds. I might get a man
4: us sent off here, and we'll get a penalty, and we'll probably yeah. score If it. they stay up and miss, we're the first ones to criticise the fact that they could have gone down. Because I've seen Sadio Mane do that. He was guilty yeah. that a lot for Liverpool. He used to get yeah. kicked in the box yeah. and try and stay up. And you think, oh, hang on a minute, if you'd have hit the deck, I think there's one against Wolves. I remember really bad when he got welly and he tries to stay up and make something happen because they don't trust the referee to give a decision most of the time. But you're right. I think having that little bit, of, that bit of snide about you, if you get contact in the box, down you go. Let them get it wrong if they want to. But yeah, I have no issue whatsoever with Jota Roddy, as Either of those instances, Chloe didn't think it was a penalty.
1: That's not what I said. (laughs) (laughs)
2: What did you say? I um, am absolutely
1: made up. As soon as it happened, I didn't celebrate the importance of the pen spot. I said to myself, That that it looks like he's dived. His reaction, Jota's reaction was my thing because usually, like. You know, at this point, it's 3-2. This is to kill the game in the last couple of minutes. And if a penalty is being given, I'd, I'd usually expect a bit more from Jota. Do you think Jota? he's worried
2: that he's not, that he has made it look a bit... Maybe. like
1: Theatrical. Yeah. Because I, I just kept looking at shotter and he just walked away. He'd face the referee, the referee gave it, and he just... There was no reaction. But he throws his Actually,
3: arms up in the air as he's turning around to the referee, clown he, I,
1: I think he off-hearts that. I really do. I don't think he... I, as soon as I saw it, I thought to myself...
3: Was it the other end of it the... K- yeah, it was, yeah okay. it
1: was the only word end. So it's not our end. So we, we literally are guessing here. Yeah. But I was like, his reaction's not telling me that's a burn. I've seen it. Look, does he go down very, very easily? Yeah, he does. But there's also contact there. um And... I don't know the speed he's going at. I don't know how that can impact his direction or, you know. And he could have maybe tweaked his ankle. I've got no idea. But at the time, I thought that's a bit theatrical. I was worried it wasn't going to be given, was given. And um, I absolutely adore that he's that much of a shithouse, that he's caused so much controversy. And he has the audacity to put a photo of that moment up on his Instagram and Twitter to just make the fume a little bit mad. Um, Yeah, loved it all. I, I was I, Now I've seen it, there's 100% contact. Do I think he could have stayed up? Yeah. And Do I care that he's not? That,
3: that was the thing, I, when I was watching it live, obviously we, we were we were in the studio, but we didn't have the commentary on or anything like that. And my first take was, I'm surprised he's not tried to stay up more mm-hmm. than anything because it felt like it was an easy finish, yeah, to be yeah. honest. It <laughs> felt like as a goal scorer, Dugo Jota would know that he's not on pens and would want to get the goal himself Mm -hmm. because that's what he lives for Mm -hmm. so I think it must have been quite bad for him to actually go down Yeah, because I don't think his first instinct is to go down and it's never been to go down it's to put the ball in the back of an empty net and because he's rounded the keeper and everything else he deserves to get that goal Mm -hmm. because he's, he's done it brilliantly he's tricked the keeper into thinking he's going to play a shot and then just dragged it round him and he knows it is goal to take so it, the contact must have been bad enough for him to fall over and I think that's where it comes down on but I did look at it same as Chloe and think I think he could have stayed up but you know I'm not the fellow running through on goal who's been exactly. clicked Yeah.
2: Um, so Alan Shearer we'll do two pundits Dan Alan Shearer Yes. Um, thought it was uh, fucking embarrassing he
4: did yeah
3: <laughs> Yeah. he of tweeted
2: um, that didn't he Mm. And you found a a sensational Alan Shearer quote, Mm -hmm. which I will read um, right now. Alan Shearer on Suarez in 2014. He said, I think it's a penalty. I think you've got to give the benefit of the doubt to Suarez there. I know he's gone down too easy at times. If Guzan's going to be silly enough to come rushing out like that on a wet pitch, sliding out, what is Suarez expected to do here? Is he meant to jump over him, get out the way, and hurdle out of the way so he doesn't make contact with him. Part of a forward's job is when you're racing towards the ball with a goalkeeper, part of your job is to try and get there first and toe poke the ball past him. Then the keeper's got a problem, because once the keeper goes down, he's not in control of his body. If the keeper's going to be that stupid to come running out at pace when he can't control himself he's asking for trouble he's asking
4: for problems i rest my case your honor
3: <laughs> was, was, that, from, case, your was honor. that from last night or from 10 years ago that was from 10 years ago okay that, yeah so he basically comes across <laughs> like it was about
4: last night he <laughs> <laughs> basically said if the keeper comes out and makes contact more fool him and what happened last night alan keeper came out and made contact pitch. the differences <laughs> are however that one was you about out there was aston villa didn't involve newcastle which mm. could be why he suddenly changed his opinion. Well, there was
3: one pundit who did say it was a penalty. Did you see who that was? No. Phil Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, the bias this thing might be real. Well, yeah, but I think this is, the, this is the thing about this people forget this.
2: and Because I, I think Alan Shearer is a really good pundit, yeah. by the way, a really, really good. Except when it involves Except for the Newcastle, because he's a, he's a Newcastle fan. And this is where Gary Neville's a, a becoming a bit of an annoyance when it comes to his coverage of stuff. Because not only is he a Manchester United fan, being a Manchester United fan means you fucking hate Liverpool. And vice versa, by the way. Um, and, like, I didn't have to listen to his commentary throughout the game, but when I got back, I had Sky Sports News on his commentaries all over the highlights clips, which was really... And I was a bit like, oh, wow, like, who's... What's happened to him? You know, has he had a bad... Has he had a bad New Year's? Has he got a hangover? Is he just a bit sad? Because he was trying everything in his power to, like, I don't know, pour scorn on all the positive things Liverpool were doing. We know he's he loves to, like, try and stir up a narrative. And listen... I love a good narrative. I do. I love it. It's one of my favourite parts of the job. But it really felt like, because he was like, he really felt like he was reaching last night. Like he was desperate to try and find ways to make Liverpool seem like they're in a much worse situation than they actually were.
3: You're right. And I've seen a lot of those. Again, we didn't have the commentary on, but I've seen a lot of those after the fact. But then I went and listened to the Gary Neville podcast on YouTube afterwards where he talks uh, with uh, the commentator, doesn't he, after the game. there's about 13 minutes and it's a completely different, Gary Neville. And he's like straight down the middle. And so and that just tells me that he's, it's pure emotion of when he's watching the game. And that actually isn't what you want from Gary Neville during the game. What you want is his football brain because he has got a good football brain yeah. he, and he but his biases mm-hmm. lead him astray almost, don't they, at times? And when he was in on the Gary Neville podcast, he was talking about how good Liverpool are and how good they've been and, you know, the forward players and and how he thinks that, you know... There are similarities between the first year, sort of 16, 17, 17, 18 of Jurgen's Liverpool side, where you can see that they've got the raw materials, but they're just not polished in the same way that they were in by the time 1920 runs around. So actually, he's really good on all of that. But when it comes to the commentary side of things, he's just an absolute wet wipe. And he just can't <laughs> help hating Liverpool Football Club. And it's like, it's all the groans and stuff that do my head in more than anything. It's like, oh, it's like. Great, Gary, just like that's fine for a fan channel, don't get me wrong. But you're supposed to be the commentator on Sky, you're supposed to tell us what's going on, not how you're feeling.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: it's, it's, um,
2: it's an odd one, isn't it? And I, again, I'm not against it, I'm not against people having bias because that's what makes actually football a richer, more enjoyable thing. But it's the fact that he portrays himself as though he's not you know he tries to come across as though he's above it all like no 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 this is my this is my cool rational take on it's like mate it's not it's like when someone asks you when you're in a bad mood and you are in a bad mood and you say you're not in a bad mood you can't not have that come across no matter how much you try he's, he is biased and I prefer it when he just when he's just obviously biased as opposed to like the yeah, trying to, trying to cover it up as though he's some sort of like football mystic or whatever.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm just very glad I don't have to listen to him week in, week <laughs> out, to be perfectly honest. And, and that could go for a lot of pundits. Um, and the one that gets me is like the Diaz pen. like Because I'm not hearing anyone talk about this Diaz pen, really, aside from him, who thought it was a nailed on dive. And time after time after time of watching that back it, at the time. And bear in mind, this is right in front of me. The Jota one is the other end of the pitch so the Jota one I'm just guessing but this one was right in front of us and it looked like Dan Bain I think it was had just slid in and just clipped his ankle and when I've watched it back, he clips him but his ankle also then gets stuck a little bit under Dan Burns' leg well that's what happens when you dive in in the box, when a player with the ball right at his feet, and bear in mind I thought Diaz was brilliant, Mm. Um, he's not had to go a couple of weeks, a couple of months but you know what, he he was really really good and he's got such good close control and when you dive like that to try and win a ball in the box and you've got Luis Diaz there with the ball, you're not getting the ball Um, so I thought that was a nailed on penalty so I've got no idea why even that he decided to try and make out that Lewis Diaz yeah. was just well, a big deal. it's that thing
2: of like I, oh, I know what he's doing I'm, it's like I'm on to what he's doing there it's like you know because I'm a mm. a, prof- a former professional player <laughs> and, a, and a professional pundit so I know trust me ladies and gentlemen mm-hmm. here's my insight I know what he's doing there. it's like shut up it's, it's a fucking penalty Harry
1: Kane has done that <laughs> for the past <laughs> 10 years clever
2: then though yeah very clever. He clever yeah definitely definitely break out the family guy um, meme in, in those situations <laughs> yeah. Um Lewis Diaz I, I, I just, that's interesting to talk about him Chris there
3: was a point, was wasn't, well there, yeah might be there was a point there wasn't there where he did very much Sadio Mane I'm going to drag us over the line and I will not be denied type of Louis Diaz performance and you know, he obviously he has the goal disallowed, doesn't he? And then he gets the penalty a couple of minutes later and he's standing in front of the cop yeah. after the penalty, giving it all that as well, isn't he? Um, he, he, he definitely, you know, for me, plays better with Kurt Jones inside of him than Gravenberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he probably played better for not having Kostas Timokash because I've been saying for a sort of a few weeks now that I think Robertson's really hurt the his form or Robertson, the lack of Andy Robertson's yeah. really hurt the his form. I never really thought as much that Costas might be the problem in terms of Diaz's form. But when he played with Joe, he just he had a bit more freedom. He was getting the ball a little bit more. He was getting him he was getting inside a little bit more. So I don't know whether that is something to keep an eye on in that it, maybe he just doesn't have that sort of relationship with Costas where they, they, they play together quite well or anything, but he certainly stepped it up and looks like a guy who's playing for a shirt and he should be because we've seen Gakpo over there. We've seen Nunes over there And he's now looking at it thinking, I've got a a nail down spot here Mm -hmm. because everyone's coming over and the left wing position seems to be where he's rotating and I want that left wing position. And moreover,
2: Jota's coming in there and and he's back and he's scoring. You know, and he's making telling contributions in games. I was actually looking at our, our goal output, and you know, we've at, we're, we're taking it along really nicely. I think in terms of who's sticking the ball in the back of the net. But Diaz, all of a sudden, is just starting to be left behind. And you know, it's interesting. I'm starting to see those sorts of comments of people saying like, "Well, what does he do? What does he bring?" And, and I think is I know what he can bring. So maybe sometimes I don't see it when he's not absolutely. On it and absolutely mm-hmm. at his best. I just trusted he will get back to being that. But that that performance then felt like the closest to the Diaz that we know. Like Chris says, like just just pure willpower. And he did. It's such a shame that the goal gets short off. Obviously, mm. it, it is ultimately offside from from Nunes, but it would have been just really nice to see him kind of get back on it.
4: yeah he's a far more recognisable Louis Diaz performance to be honest with you and I've been I've been sort of reluctant to sort of pull the trigger on him being out of form but of late it's been hard to ignore it quite frankly because he just hasn't been anywhere near the levels and it's fascinating it's obviously. not just form that people have been saying though is
3: it there's a lot of people questioning Louis Diaz as a footballer, footballer
4: generally yeah 100% it is yeah but it's, that, that to me has never Best, really been by the way that's a non starter because we've seen how brilliant he was, obviously in his Porto days, but for the first three months of the Upper career, he was absolutely electric. But he looked like he was just playing without any fear back then and just shackles free and just went at people and inside and outside. And it's interesting last night how he did go outside a couple of people a couple of times. He got to the byline once or twice. He actually, played a really good ball across the face of six yard boxes, no one's on the end of at one point. So, like I say, it was much more like Diaz. And I don't know whether I mean there's loads of mitigating factors as to why he's been off it. The injury, the bad injury last season. Which basically wrote off the entire campaign, then stuff earlier on this year with his dad and that. So you have to give him many passes, although ultimately that runs out after a certain time period and you just got to play well. But I think last night was much, much more like it. And ultimately with Salah going now as well, we need players to sort of step up to the mantle and Diaz look like he's ready to do that. Yeah. Yeah, very encouraging from him. Um should we do a bit of Darwin Nunes
2: chat? Feels like we've got to do some Darwin Nunes yeah, chat we do after,
3: don't we? Yeah. He's he's a massive talking point again, and as he always is. And, you know, I remember sitting here maybe a month ago now, getting really angry about it and and stuff like that. And you know, done deep dives uh, with Josh Williams talking about him. And one of the things that Josh said that's probably stuck with me and, and has helped to sort of uh, smooth the edges of, of my sort of opinion on Darwin of late is, you know, he puts a lot of stock into getting into the right positions and. Um, you can see that he does consistently do that but I keep falling down on the fact that like how long can he really go on at the centre forward without putting the ball in the back of the net when the chances are there because I think Liverpool have got the players where they can put other players into the number nine and, and they'll stick the chances away mm-hmm. um, obviously you support and you hope that he's able to turn it around because if it does click my words he's, he's got the potential to be completely unstoppable yeah. but you question whether it is going to click for him at the moment, don't you? I mean, the offside one for the disallowed goal was so close, but he doesn't need to be that close. He's miles away from Ben, miles away from... The, the, there's no advantage for him being a, a foot offside. He could have been two foot onside and still got to the ball in time but it's a good run and it's a great ball by I think it was Curtis Jones for that one outside of the boot absolutely superb timing from from Kurt Jones I don't think he could have done any better Um but in terms of you know we missed five big chances last night in last night's game of our nine big chances that we created Darwin Nunes misses three of them there's one that Bans- Are these misses
2: or saves though I, mean, well, I know they count as the same he doesn't score. Yeah. yeah
3: um, so the first well one of them is off the knee mm-hmm. isn't it um which quite a question whether he could have done any more than that yeah. on that on that one to be honest with you. there's the one on one isn't there uh, which, which is the which is which the is the one. one and the other one I'm actually not sure which one it is, is it it's probably I I wouldn't have said that was a big chance to be honest but I think it must have been the head in the first half, half where
2: he got he has another good like
1: shot oh, across yeah. the keeper would no, he say save put it in like doesn't it want to do something
4: it? And,
3: how no many dummies? No. No, he has another shot Shall in the first half inside the 18 yard box.
1: He's literally on it to keep it, he's just got to put it past him. Is that um, the one where it comes
3: off his knee, though? I think that's, that's the one se- fr- that's second half in the second half. I thought the shot was the, is the one
1: you're going on about.
3: Yeah, yeah, that the
2: one it's it's it hits his knee and it's the Bravka like close range. Mm-hmm. The second half there's another one in the first yeah. half where he goes. It's before I think it's he, before the one on one.
1: Salah does like a reverse pass,
2: and he has
3: a shot as yeah. sort of oh, the Oh yeah, goal yeah. That, that will be it actually, would not it? Because it was actually Darwin who played the ball to It was a poor somewhere. ball because yeah. it was behind Salah. Yeah. Salah somehow gets yeah. the ball out, and <laughs> again I, I question whether he could have done any better. Yeah. The commentators on the replays were saying, you know, it's it's a it's a poor shot, but I'll be honest, I, I, I thought he's I thought it was a brilliant. Even a good shot, and he's had the header as well, which I thought was a really tough header. The one where he probably connects best is the sort of half volley from tight range, where that's the
2: coming in on the right hand coming side. in from
3: the right hand side. So even just talking those through, the one on one's the only one that I've got a major issue with there,
2: because that's one of them where if that Salah Salah just slots it and you know or if it's jotty, or, he goes around j- oh. and gets a pen. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. I, I think I saw Porton could describe it as it's a, it's a lack of. I'm paraphrasing, but like finesse in his yeah. choice of finishes. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have a range of strikes. Like look at look at his axe goal as an example of that. Yeah. Like. He well, just that's runs what, what annoys me
3: most yeah, about Darwin's miss is that Isaac scores one that's dead similar yeah. and yeah. makes it look really easy and you sort of think, how many would he get up top for us? Yeah, and that, that was my first thought when he when he put the ball in the back of the net. My my thoughts on the Darwin thing, the answer's twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is
2: this is this is the thing so I either look I look at like how many goals City players had scored and how many players, or goals Arsenal players had scored. Now Carragher did a big thing on on. Pre match, I think, about like the lack of goals from Arsenal. I mean, Salah scored more than
3: Arsenal's forwards, hasn't he?
2: Um, and I was a bit taken aback by how few goals actually are. They just, they just don't have a headline goal scorer, is the, is the difference between them, uh, us, and City. But like, in terms of the overall output, Liverpool and City are pretty much matched. Liverpool have got more goal scorers, but I think their second top goal scorer in the league's got six, and ours has got, we've got two on five. Um, and I, and I, the thing about Darwin is when I'm quite calm about it, is whilst you've got Salah and bear in mind I'm well aware what this leads into I know AFCON will talk about it you don't no one else has got two 15 goal forwards and I think Darwin Nunes is a bit better finishing he's not far off being that the types of chances he's getting and what have you so I'm quite calm about it because I think if he learns how to finish those chances we're fucking unbelievable but but given that nobody else has that, I don't know whether would. But nobody else has
3: Nobody else has that. I take the, take the point, right? But Liverpool had Mane and and mm. Salah doing it. You know, Liverpool. Should probably have at least five or six, seven, eight, nine more goals this season, and we'd be comfortably the top scorers in the league. Yeah. And it's not the games that you win for too, where you feel the misses. It's the games that you draw nil nil, yeah. um, that you look back on and you rue those misses. And yeah. and that's where a striker can really make his his name for himself, isn't it? Because not only is he putting the ball in the back of the net, but he's putting points on the on the board as well. Yeah. And that's you know the the, the big thing this season. We're we're lucky in that everybody's having a little bit of a struggle in sort of. Season. Season at the top, but those six draws could have been three draws. Yeah, had we finished our dinner in those games, and we'd be walking this league. It's unfortunate that we're not, of course, he's a big part in the team performance, but I do think that somebody else at up top for Liverpool right now, and we'd be miles ahead of everyone else. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't, I can't. Well, it's like that, but it's
2: it's like that, yeah, it's. Jota might be the man. A thing in that situation is that is the point. You know, if, if Jota's fit, he's anything. He's our third top goal scorer. He would probably be on double figures, I guess, by now. So I, I, that's what I mean. I get. The, I totally get it. I do. I, I I can't disagree that he needs to take more of his chances. But I look at it as a as a set, and I'm not. It doesn't dishearten me too much. I guess is the is is the kind of point I'm making on it. If at some point it clicks for him, as I say, we're going to be un- unstoppable. No one, nobody's going to stop us running away with absolutely everything. But this is the difference between buying the best and buying the ready made. And it's a difference between Erling Haaland and Darwin Nunez. What will be interesting to see, Chloe, is what happens in the coming week because it does feel like Darwin is—he just—he seems to just like passing the ball to other people. I know he's having his chances and he's still getting loads of shots, but like there was three opportunities in that game. Would he just? turned and squared to someone when Fernando Torres just slots it or Suarez just slots it or pick, another, pick a tradition, Erling Haaland just slots it.
1: Yeah, the, the thing I'd say about Darwin Nunes is just nothing looks easy for the lad. Like, it just looks like it's a bit all over the place. Um, his first touch when he's in behind it just hasn't been good enough. And I think it's United, the one where he's through in and, and I think Lewis Diaz or one of them try and shoot and it goes out for a corner. But his touch, he's in a great position, but it comes off his knee and it goes in a different direction. And nothing <laughs> looks simple. Um And like you mentioned there, I think if it clicked for him, he'd be unbelievable and he could be unstoppable. But I'm getting very, very bored of him missing massive chances because... It's the massive chances, like you said, there where you need someone who's calm and level-headed to just have the composure to put it in the back of the net. We're now going to be without Salah. Um, and Salah was horrific in that first half of 40, but in that second half, he turned it on because he knew he could. He, he, went he changed to his boots. He, yeah, yeah that was <laughs> awesome yeah. Thing. Uh, He motivated himself. He had a word of himself at half-time and came out as a totally different footballer. And he can go into that gear. I mean, the outside the football mm, for Cody Apo is outrageous. Yeah. Outrageous, um, and I, I think that's the, the the thing with Darwin Nunes is he's on number nine. He's the one that we paid millions and millions and millions for, and I think if it does click, he'll be sensational because of look at the chances he's getting now. If he manages to actually bury them, can you imagine how far we'd be blasting these teams away? Mm. The problem is, is that. The likes of Luton away and yes, Arsenal one. and obviously Man United in those big games where there's not a lot in it and you and that one chance and that main chance falls to your number nine. I want it to be Diogo Jota. Yeah. I don't want it to be Darwin Nunes right now. It was interesting um, to
2: put. do we put that? Um, yeah, we put Diogo through the middle. Actually, yeah. I thought was was telling was telling for that really. Dan, yeah. uh, he links
3: to play really well, Jota though, doesn't he? Knows, he Dan? Yeah. Like, and he's a
2: killer, isn't he? Ultimately as yeah. well, when it boils down to it. I just get, I get. This season, some Heskey vibes. Well, you know, from Darwin, that, yeah, from Darwin, I do, you know, and and completely different actually style. But what I mean is, but
3: Heskey would lay lay it onto Darwin. Is that what you're talking well, about? That. Darwin there's does it. that. Well, it was a great assists because be people talk about number nines, and when assist?
2: they're not finishing, like again, Erling Haaland, doesn't. If he doesn't score, what else does he do? Not, mm-hmm. on, you know, he's not. He doesn't yep. get assists. Darwin, I think, is doing his best to keep himself in the team because he's still getting output. I think he still are. I think Goals and this Combined He's highest for us This yeah. season after Salah Sorry But it goes back To that, the finesse thing In front of goal He just doesn't have That range of finishing And Emil Heske Had one season Where he, he realised He could like Dink the keeper And he scored A million goals And scored in every, comp- every Competition going for us And all that kind of stuff There's just a little bit Of that for him But this is the thing He's not scoring the chances, but also he's he's making loads for Mo Yeah, yeah. And there's a thing: does does Salah have as many goals if we put Cody Garpo in the nine? Mm. Maybe but I also don't know
4: that. Uh, and what else he's doing really well, he, he come on leaps and bounds since he first arrived at the club but the biggest issue around this whole conversation for me is the fact that we have all in different guises now said if it clicks for him we've been saying that pretty much since he arrived at the football mm. club so that's a sort of minor issue to one side but what he is doing really well is his performance all round has improved a lot because I yeah, felt yeah. the time last season if he wasn't scoring the big chances which he never really has since he arrived this has always been an ongoing theme now during his Liverpool career, he wasn't really contributing to the team full stop but you're like his assists are really good, his passing's really good his link-up play with those around him is really good but also, and I think it's kind of you mentioned Emil Hesky, I spoke to him last week about this very topic and he kind of alluded to it, he said, when you're Liverpool's number nine or when you're playing as an attacker for Liverpool you've got to be the first defender and that's even more true now in a Jurgen Klopp side you've got to do all that pressing stuff and he's doing that really, really well, so Jurgen Klopp, once again last night, was at pains to stress just how pivotal he remains to the side, now ultimately there's an undercurrent in all of this about yeah but what about when he's 1-1 on with a keeper but what he is doing really well is he's playing really well he's just not finishing these big big chances that we're talking about so how long can you go on with that being the case is the major question here now I've got a little bit of sort of credit in the bank with him still right mm-hmm. now I'm not sort of pulling the trigger on him saying right like, it needs to be Jota it needs to be Gakpo whatever but and it definitely comes down to a situation whereby, when you are playing these big games, and these games are just going to get bigger and bigger because we're getting towards the business end. Looks like we're in a title race. At what point do you have to say, right, though, and sorry, mate, I know you're doing this stuff really well, but you've got to be putting the ball in the back. Well, as there.
3: long as Liverpool are winning games Doesn't of matter. football, it won't mm. matter to Egan. I don't think will it. No.
1: The the thing I was going to mention is I read a stat earlier. He has he's averaging a goal slash assist every 96 certain minutes which is really really good um and his his vision and his his pass for Mo for the first is, is really really good his touch for I don't know what goal it is where Sobo runs onto it in fact it's that goal. it's that goal is it not um the link up one lineup, when he gets it yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um and then obviously Diaz runs with it passes it to, to Nunas and he does the pass across the box. He's he's influencing games and look at overall like you said his play is really good but the problem is 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 being the vocal number nine the chances come to you. You're the main one who they come to. He's now those assists. He's assisted Salah the most. Well, you're not going to have Salah there now.
2: Well, this is it's going to be someone else. Well, this is the interesting point, and where, where the next month represents an interesting challenge for him because I do think he's trying to to play other people in because mm. when it's not going well, you want to feel like you you're contributing to Liverpool's attack somehow. And and, and he is. Mm. Let, let's make, let's make. He's got he's got more assists than goals in the Premier League this season, which for a number nine. Is mad, you know, it's, it's really, but I think that's what's keeping him in the team. Whereas Salah's not going to be there, so maybe there's a little bit of like maybe just take it yourself, you know, have a bit of freedom. Don't you don't have to think about what your what everyone else is going to be doing around you? Your responsibility is to stick the ball in the back of that. Maybe more people are looking to get the ball to him rather than Salah mm-hmm. still be the ultimate focal point. Don't know, but that's I'd be more encouraged about that if he'd been doing a bit more of that going into it, but.
3: It's, it's a great problem to, to have when you're sat clear at the top of the league. <laughs> it's a better problem to have there than, you know, last season. Question where we marks were
4: over your number nine. Fifth and yeah. sixth, yeah. isn't yeah. it? 100%. Have you noticed a, a change of opinion at all inside the ground? Because, again, this is a point it to yeah. made to me. is like fans, certain Liverpool fans, will stick by you. If you're putting the work in, if you're closing people down, etc., etc., they'll give you that free pass a little bit if you want. I don't think he's getting...
2: That, the, the blind Nunez yeah, chanting as not. much anymore. Still there, a little bit but it's not as like it's he's not so as cult anymore. It's a bit like what Chris was saying. You know, you come out at the start of December saying like, "I just, I, I'll let's just chant when he scores rather than chant when he misses and see if that helps him score oh. a few more goals." It does feel like there's a little bit of that, but yeah. still those moments where he's busting a gut mm. and it's it's a great save or it's all you know he's still getting the support because we're Liverpool fans. Yeah, That's course, how we yeah, treat yeah. our own. Um, but I I, I think. Yeah, I it, it's changing slightly so much as people are getting no, frustrated made, yeah exactly no, go on go and go be good yeah. go and be good and then we'll, we'll talk about it after <laughs> like he, there was a, a,
1: there was a part where he tracks all the way back and he makes a, a brilliant tackle and like then everyone starts mm. chanting Nunes but the one where he's 1v1 and he misses and months ago after he'd missed it we'd be chanting Nunes and this time yeah. everyone is are literally fuming at
4: the lad all those conversations going on yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly yeah. it's not
1: quite the same as it was a couple of months ago um, but you, we still have supported him and, and when he goes off he gets a standing ovation you know we know how much work he's put into the game but you're seeing it more in the moments when he misses big chances because there's now more pressure on us we're all expected we never expected to be in this position but now we're here and now the expectations of Liverpool fans are moving with it which therefore means it feels like life or death yeah. <laughs> in these no, games right. So, when you miss a big chance oh, inside the stadium, we're more likely to be You're on less edge forgiving, when we miss you? it. You're less
2: exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, um, I mean, because it's been a mad sort of, what's probably 10 days now, mm-hmm. but nine, nine odd days, you know, we walked out of Arsenal thinking that probably missed a big opportunity there to really to really kick on we've had those ongoing conversations around what does top of Christmas mean and all those kind of things um, fourth by a new year <laughs> 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 that's
3: what they say <laughs> um, but well, yeah, you know, that... impressive stuff lads by yeah. the way well, no honestly but it, it,
2: it, it, one of the stats I did find out to do the last team who was top of Christmas and didn't win the league was Arsenal of course last year um, so yeah they share a similar hoodoo with us but yeah it's Matter kind of be really you know and, and it, it goes to show doesn't it that everything's still really fluid I don't none of us really feels conclusive like Liverpool are the business like with a finished article like we're going to go on this 15 game winning streak or whatever but I'm equally not convinced that it, anyone else is yeah. the fear is City will but equally City haven't been that yet either
3: well that, that, that's it isn't it obviously I, I've said myself over the last couple of days to anyone that's willing to listen but mostly my kids there's like the <laughs> city are looking pretty ominous girls um, <laughs> <laughs> they do right, like, you know what <laughs> I mean but like, they, they are but actually when you look at the last six games we're top of the form chart when you look at the last ten games we're top of the form chart when you look at the last twelve games we're top of the form chart when you look at the league table for the whole season we're top of that why is City looking ominous because he beat Everton and Sheffield United thank you said this this morning literally
4: this morning to me to Chloe. Chloe was saying the same thing Chloe was saying yeah, City look like they might be getting their act together I was like why because they beat a terrible Everton team and Sheffield United yeah. at home. So their December's
3: on. been pretty shit yeah. all told I mean they're champions of the world so fair play for that <laughs> they've managed to do that in a really shit month but, um,
1: I forgot they were playing a game of football and it's literally the Club World Cup Like it's that's mental. how little anyone But they, they've
3: not had a good December and I still have that fear because I think somehow that they're going to run 15 wins back to, love- back to back to back to back De Bruyne being back is a, yeah, is a thing but they've Harlan not proved it this season think, and this season's different to last season and this yeah. seems different to the last team the big thing for them is going to be
2: how they get through in, uh, into that back end of the season really you know if they keep De Bruyne fit keep Haaland fit then they'll have goals but it's what's left in the tank if Liverpool can keep on them and just keep chugging along I'm, look, I honestly don't think we're going to go on that mad unbeaten or maybe unbeaten but not like winning run I'm not sure we've got that in us just yet maybe you know we can we can certainly improve and we have historically improved in the second halves of seasons under Jürgen Klopp but I it's when it when the chips are down and they've got to reach deep Paul Tomkins, like, I've referenced him a lot I've done a lot of reading this stuff lately and I highly recommend get him on Substack if you haven't he did a chart of like how many minutes players have played and like the vast majority of arsenal's main men and city's main men have played between 100 and 600 more minutes this season than our most played player yeah. and that's Salah and like we are we are running at a nice sort of level at the moment we've been able to rest and rotate and everyone else has gone flat out and it's when it's neck and neck and they reach for that gear and is that gear there in april going into may that will be when i think You it's can see that from the
3: subs that you know I've... You can see Jürgen's made four last night. He's making about an average 4.6 through the course of, of, of the season so far, again up on last season. Um, Guardiola doesn't make those subs in the same way. He sticks against us, as an example. Mm. He didn't make a change yeah. You know when we do with them. Um, he's He's got a, a much tighter squad at the moment, but they basically don't have football in January. So for all the minutes, stuff that Tomkins has, has done, and I'm sure it was brilliant, they don't play any games of note. for, and So they've got a month to get people back. That brings its own question marks. Yeah. How do they return? Are they normally good at the start of seasons? They're not normally the best at the start of seasons. It feels like a bit of a pre-season for yeah. them. But also that like get some minutes in your legs type of thing is, is we're going to be playing a lot of games. They just don't happen to be Premier League games. But ultimately, mm. when I look at Liverpool's side, the defence has performed really well over the last few weeks, bar maybe last night. The attackers had games where it's performed really well. The midfield's been brilliant since Endo's moved into the six, and I would say that the midfield's been good while McAllister was there for maybe four or five games before that. We are surviving almost on one or two of our units playing well at the moment. I expect all three to start playing well at some point, so I still think Liverpool can improve this season. Mm -hmm. And so for all the City or ominous thoughts that I have in my own mind, um, there's also a part of me that thinks we're not anywhere near the finish start to call them way top
2: Liverpool are pretty <laughs> ominous in their own way as well because you're right because the, the games where it has all clicked are the ones that we really sort of you know it starts to stand out like West Ham the other week yes. it, 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 all, it all clicked Aston Villa and Anfield was another one where it all clicked we've had some really good performances in that but you're right it feels like there's still more to come we said this like Darwin Nunes if he just Scores a couple more goals, it'd be, ridic- will be ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. If Jota has a good run in the side, it will be ridiculous. There's more goals to come from Diaz. I'm convinced. There's more goals to come from Gakpo. And Gomez. Finally- well, Everyone <laughs> keeps telling me there's more <laughs> goals to come from. I, there's a goal from <laughs> Joe Joma, Gomez. I am convinced. Um, the uh, Joe. <laughs> Joe Gomez I'm no, really oh, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 100% Joe <laughs> Gomez just, just saying oh, just copyright um, the, um, uh, yeah look it, it, there's more, There's definitely more to come from Liverpool and there's more to come from City but I think, I think City aren't going to be as good as they've been in recent years just because of the basis that they've put there they might be close to it but I can't see how they're going to have a better season than what they did last year or a better season than some of the ones they've had when they've gone toe-to-toe with us because yeah. there's not that much room for for that level of improvement. So, yeah, as long as they'll keep going. Um, very briefly, Endo was brilliant. Absolutely Another <laughs> absolutely magnificent performance from him. Joe Gomez, brilliant. But on the sixth thing, Chris... Alexis McAllister came in <laughs> and plays the ball on the match. Mm. And I, I'm not even sure how. I
3: don't even think it was fully appreciated on the TV coverage because of well, you can't see the, of the start of the run. I was going to ask you what it was like because oh, I've got no. no idea. I I must admit, he goes through and I'm like, well, he's offside. Then yeah. isn't he he's yeah. got to be offside. Did the run start in our half? Ah, uh, you must have done. Yeah, because yeah, I, I just because I'm behind it, so it's a
2: straight corridor. Oh yeah, you've yeah. got no idea. Where are has no depth perception whatsoever. <laughs> but Joss is running through, and it's a straight. But it's it's the the weight of it, the vision of it, and that's you know for as much as people have a bit are a bit unconvinced mm-hmm. on McAllister as the six he just does it in a different way Endo's not playing that pass so it was great to see McAllister come in and have a, like, a telling impact in that position but yeah really really good Ridiculous. really really good yeah. but
3: on the on like the McAllister thing am I right in saying am I the only one that thought he was performing really well before he got injured like it does it feel I mean, like it he improved. turned it around the,
1: like two three games before that I thought he was sound before that he wasn't getting close enough to play us
3: uh, what, what Endo has convinced me though is that like Endo showed me what for being. used to do and he's starting attacks with tackles and he did that last night and he's done that he's really good as well yeah he he is but like where he he wins the ball back with a strong tackle and it's like he's like he just stands there and lets them run into him and the ball bounces off and we're on the attack there was one last night I think one of the goals might have come from it he's fucking superb he's
2: that video did the rounds again this week of like I think it's like his first day at training and Klopp talking about how we need your heart and we need mm-hmm. your fight and all that. And I was like, ooh! And, I, and they have not seen that reminder reminded of that and then watching him play and you can see what he's there for. Look, when he's trying to chase the game and he's running back the other way and Liverpool have overcommitted and got it wrong, there's not... There are very few players who aren't going to be exposed in those kind of situations. But you're right, when Liverpool, when all the game is in front of us and he's just going in and he's just a little... Steel wall, and you can't, you know, and he'll just go in and smash it and take the ball and come away with it. I, I love that. He's him, him and Gomez. It's been a real toss up for this last month of who's been my favourite Liverpool player. Mm-hmm. And like, I wouldn't, I wasn't expecting to say either of them, if I'm being honest. But um, I think they've both been absolutely, absolutely stellar. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll have plenty more opportunities to talk to Joe Gomez. Uh, obviously, less so Endo as he heads off to the Asia Cup, which is. It's I mean, seen. what are we
3: looking at? Here? Three games: Bournemouth, twenty-first. Chelsea might be back for Arsenal. Yeah, I would have thought plus so. the cup, plus, yeah, plus the cup. I'm talking league. But... The league's the focus for me at the moment. Now Every, yeah. everything's about yeah, where, it, where, it, where it, are we? in yeah. the, How many games is Salah missing in the league? Is <laughs> right,
4: but
2: it's not. It, this is. I mean, maybe we'll do this in, in the next part. But it's not what they're missing. It's what who plays the games. That you know what I mean yeah, it's like, like the it, games it's the knock yeah, on impact to that yeah, yeah. exactly
4: because yeah, your options are limited love. somewhere we've got an embarrassment of riches at full strength we suddenly don't have because they're having to play elsewhere but yeah. Yeah. we should mention Trent's shot last night as well by the way
3: yes please
4: I really wish that had just gone in because that was just one
2: of those Shane's a shot yes he just he's, he it's it yeah. too hard for that to be anything other than
3: you than think
4: it's it. a
2: I don't Boucher's know, when, vicinity, when, I, maybe,
3: when yeah. I first watched it, I thought it was a shot cross, like just put it in there and hope for, a, a you know, maybe an own goal or, or whatever. But the way he looks at the crowd afterwards says to me, I was close there, wasn't I? And it's like, oh, oh you meant it, did you, son? Uh,
2: yeah, no, 100%. I, I think you forget sometimes, I know you were, you said it the other week, he's really good at football, like ridiculously good at football, and he's getting more and more opportunities to show that. Yeah. You know, this is Steven Gerrard winning the Champions League age for Trent. Now, you know, this is where he's at in his career, and every time he takes the field, but we had a mad comment. I, I, did I even put it in our group? Someone in our Facebook group put some mad comments about how they've had enough Seen of Trent it. or Seen whatever. It. It's Seen like it. yeah. what? Do you know, it's mad
4: how two people can watch something and see completely different things. Yeah. Fed up of admitting the first man and all <sighs> these. Like, oh. did you notice? Gotcha so on the good.
3: corners thing that he was telling Sobo to go and take the corners there was a there was. I only noticed it when I watched well, the you highlights tried the Paul but, Scholes one didn't well yeah that was yeah.
2: P- poor oh, that as well to be well. fair like ah, I it. well you're <laughs> going to play 12 foot over Trent's head and then get
4: annoyed when and he doesn't I bring
2: he was so <laughs> <down. laughs> yeah, like, showing
3: Trent, Trent.
4: Yeah. he flipped on Trent a second time actually as well because Van Dyke actually had to do some defending because he tries to play a cross field pass with his left foot Trent left footing and Van Dyke was livid with him
3: one of the interesting one for the corners sorry Sobo was right next to him I think he'd he'd just taken a shot or a cross and it had gone over or whatever and he just turns to sub and goes go and Sobber just trot, trotted off to take the corner I was like oh man the, the squad dynamic you, you forget it don't you it's changed so much it's like the way Van Dyke now no one tells him to go back after a corner because he's the captain so he just stays up for days and it's like lad at some point and then you're like we were like oh god he's, he's still up there yeah he's the captain and I was like can I tell you he's still up there wasn't the corner taken like three minutes ago? like
0: <laughs>
1: the, um, the shot by Trent in that first half as well that just narrowly goes wide the and left foot it's footer. Right all it over starts. the place and on the left yeah, foot yeah. just I think it's just, about just inside the area maybe just outside and the curly gets on that with his weak foot uh, it looked like that was him from yeah
3: whatever. it was the on that one he probably was probably stops going into yeah. Yeah. but like how good was the, brov? Was the my favourite save of his was probably Gak Pose, I thought that was a really good save because yeah. it Corner. comes through a body of yeah. people. Yes, and I'm like, How's he got down deck, that quickly yeah. to get he's, that one?
2: Like, he's a really good goalie, the Bravka, and it's mad how he's kind of like fallen off the radar. He was the one, did Rafa bring him in for Newcastle? And it was a very, like, I, I think I'm right in saying, please feel free to correct me in the comments if anyone wants to shout. Um, but like, Rafa knows a good goalie mm. and is like go and get go and get yourself a good solid goalkeeper in there and I, obviously Nick Pokes a good goalie too and whatever but it's, yeah, it's funny how some people can get a bit forgotten when I knew that he was starting against us I was like he's got all the hallmarks of that keeper the ones who are the second choice who have the game of their lives at Anfield but yeah mercifully it didn't matter one last little little point point of nothing really but the two penalties Trent's done this a couple of times now but it was mm. great to see him oh, and Van God. Dijk enforcing the penalty spot very Jordan Henderson very very yeah. captainly thing to do of just get yourself right in there get all the ball don't allow any shenanigans to take place mm. Um yeah Wish I would have kept it for the first one to be honest no, I know <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well that was the point where the second one came around and it was a bit of like is he just going to is he just going to take this out yeah. salad <laughs> Salah afterwards and he was like yeah, yeah no I was always taking that had
3: not, not, not a doubt in my mind is it, no, is has he missed number? 4 in 10 for yeah. us recently like, that's, a, that's not like a great stat is it no not it's idea.
2: not James Milner is it but then who is? Um, right, OK, we're going to take a very short break. When we return, we're going to be discussing FA Cup third round action.
3: It is January, it is 2024 and we've got an incredible legend prize draw for you this month yes, it is Costas Timokas signed Liverpool shirt he signed it, he was very kind to sign it, he's done an incredible job for Andy Robertson over the last few weeks uh, name months And uh, we can't wait to give this one away if you want to get yourself in the hat to win that incredible prize then you need to be a legend subscriber at redmenplus.com every single month without fail we will give away something incredible this month as you've seen it's the Costa that shirt signed by the man himself so you all you need to do is get into that legend tier and you're in with a chance do it do it now the best there is best there was the best ever will be. Ooh, okay.
2: Is he the 50th best signing of all time? They'll tell you that they're the best player. He's the best player they ever played. In. Famous photos of him being carried off and stuff, and that was that was what he left everything on the pitch.
3: Champions Two and what happened? You know, maybe we see today with what Klopp's trying to do with his Two How can he be this good? He's so much better than everybody else that ever played the position. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Fine.
2: I mean. <laughs> he shouldn't be ahead of soon in the, in, the, in the back
4: and 47,000 people wanted to pay him a pound a week to stay.
3: That tells you all you need to know about what we thought of that guy at that moment in time. He should be a lot higher. Yeah, world-class. I think I'm um, world-class.
2: Quite clearly, who am I to question the vote? He was astonishing. You know, his his ability, his agility, was just um, second to none.
3: Oh, have I forgiven him yet? He, did be, he, he might be in my top ten. That's how much love I've got for him. <laughs> I've done more for Liverpool than
4: For a limited time, get up to 50%
3: off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites.
2: Hey, yes, welcome back. Loads of amazing stuff over on RedmenPlus.com right now because we're in such positive, festive spirit still. Or maybe still a bit pissed, I don't know. Um, you can get a free month of Plus. Go over there, use the code Klop. There you go, K-L-O-P-P, simple as that. Uh, and get a free month of Plus. Fill your boots. All of January will be yours for now. Uh, just go over there, sign up. Um, and yeah, fill your boots, great stuff. Uh, right, I, actually, we're going to do third round, but I, I, someone mentioned it in the comments I'd totally forgotten about it. Uh, Fabio Carvalho's come mm-hmm. back. Um, uh, p- prompting my immediate question of Is that making him the new Nat Phillips? Yep. He's got an FA Cup game coming up. Um, we might have two um, new
3: Nat Phillips in this month, though, as well. Owen Beck.
2: Owen, yeah, and Owen Beck was the, was, is the other one. Um, a lot of the report around it is just going to be, no, he's just going to go straight back out on loan. But I don't know... I, Feels like with no Salah for the rest of the month, you could do worse than just have Carvalho there as a potential backup option. Ben Oak's injured, mm-hmm. Kay Gordon's not 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 quite there yet, is he after a very really long layoff? I'm not saying Carvalho's pulled up trees playing wide in the front three for us, Dan,
4: but I don't know. Feels I feel it feels smart to keep him round. unless they've got something else planned oh I would certainly be keeping him around for January um, personally and to be honest with you if the ideal loan move wasn't there on the table I wouldn't be against keeping him until the end of the season because why not ultimately I think it would be the wisest choice to get in proper football I think there's a few championship clubs interested, I think Southampton among them uh, and a couple of others as well but I think the ideal scenario for me personally would be that he sticks around for the Carabao Cup doubleheader the FA Cup game this weekend of course Bournemouth the Chelsea one's tricky because obviously that's on the 31st which is of course deadline day so that becomes really difficult, but I think certainly for the first few fixtures mentioned, let him stick around, let him be part of the squad. They'll get some minutes probably you with have thought and then then let him go out and learn back end of the month. And the same for Owen Beck as well. By the way, I'd keep him around for the those games, and then back end of January find another alone. Well, Owen Beck is almost like the answer to the what we were talking about about the players missing. It's not the
2: same because oh. obviously Costas and Rob are not like at, at, at Afcon or, or Asian Cup or whatever. But it's the it's the who plays when you need to rotate. Mm-hmm. I like the idea to bring him back back know and, and you know why it was the response from yeah, all the Dundee the fans from, well, did you the, see the tweet? tweet from
3: Dundee themselves like thanking him loving yeah. and, yeah. and, and, and like that's the type of thing that you want to see when someone's recalled early from a loan deal, isn't it but, how angry their fans were that Liverpool were basically taking him back amazing Love well, him. that's what he wants, isn't it? He? He's our player, lads. Shut up. Um, we can, <laughs> do, can do what we want with him. Like, if you'd have signed him, it would have been different. But we let you have him on loan, uh, and we've decided that we're going to need him. And it, it's the smart decision again by Liverpool in terms of looking at the squad for for the next month or so, isn't it? And you you know you you might find that if he takes his chance, he 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 might be kept around. You never know. But I doubt it with the fact that like you know the Carabao Cup are, are almost coming to an end soon. Um, you want him to get that experience, don't you? But certainly him and Carvalho, there's minutes to be had this month. Yeah, I mean, I saw someone, I can't remember who was on
2: Twitter, was saying this about, obviously January transfer window's open. Chloe, we've got our two senior left-backs out injured for an indeterminate period of time. Robertson's not going to be back till February, seems to be the smart thing, and you'd imagine. Oh, I heard l- later
3: that. in January was what Klopp said the other day, wasn't it? Has there been another update but since that's then? Put,
2: to the point, he might be back in proper training and all that kind of stuff, but you're not, he's not going to be playing until until February probably I'd imagine but either way that's still a little bit of a concern the obvious answer for everyone would be we'll just go and buy one I just don't see a well where Liverpool are buying another a left back in, in January feels like we're moving away from specialist full backs for the start or football seems to be moving away from them in that regard we own two we've brought this other, we brought one of these promising lads back from loan I can't see this is something that Liverpool are going to move to address
1: no, maybe not a left-back. I'd certainly love a left-sided, left-footed centre-back yes. slash left-back. <laughs> uh, you can do both of, of those roles. Um, because like, like you mentioned there, Joe Gomez has been absolutely phenomenal where he is, but he can't play game in, game out. Um, and obviously, Costas came in, has performed brilliantly. So you actually want to give him the the chance, you know, in six months' time, whenever he's, he's fit again, to really rival Robertson again because it brought the best out of him. And... Um, and you, you don't want someone to waste their talent or to just bring someone in and not have them happy or maybe unsettled um, but we most certainly would love another centre-back with, Joe, with Joel Matip out, obviously that, that's a, uh, an ACL and who knows, he, he might have played his last game for Liverpool, we, we don't know, there was rumours of maybe a potential contract but an already injured Joel Matip, who gets injured week in week out, I, I don't know what him coming back after an ACL looks like, I think he's a boss footballer, um, but you don't know what that looks like, so, and and like you mentioned there, the left-footed centre-back slash left-back was a thing that we've all been going on since the summer anyway. So if there was a chance to box it, I'd really like it. Do I see Liverpool doing any business? No, not at all. But, I, you know, I'll live and hope.
2: Well, you know, my I want a left-footed Joe Gomez shout from a month ago, you know, we've now got Joe Gomez effectively playing in that position. Mm. If we had another one, I agree. You'd just, I'd feel a load, load calmer. Mm. I think it's one of those about, it's about... Matip will. Matip's time is basically done at the football club I'm, and I said this when he got injured I'm not against us giving him a new contract and keeping him around as a backup player because of his experience and if he can still play a handful of games fine but if you're moving Costas has been really good in the mm-hmm. absence of Robertson but he's one. Uh. It's it's upgrading if you're upgrading him and giving yourself another option at centre half that's the answer mm-hmm. I just don't I think we've been a bit spoiled the last couple of windows last couple of January windows with big signings mm-hmm.
4: I'd like us to do it, but... Love it. Yeah.
1: What who, reckon, who's anyone? available
4: though? this is the thing is the, the clue. one is the one he's got a release clause he's just is the, the answer to what we're talking about 60 million euro I yeah. don't see
1: him spend 60 million
4: like I don't know I think it's circu- 50 million quid yeah circumstances what we spent in the last two January transfer windows yeah well exactly basically. that yeah and, and circumstances have kind of fed into that so who knows obviously the Diaz one was kind of kick-started by Spurs interest wasn't it so if all of a sudden let's say Arsenal who've also been sniffing around in Asho if they really sort of up their levels of interest in him Liverpool get wind of that who knows we might just fast forward something because I still very much live in hope because I'm with you. I think if we were to do a little bit of business like that, and I think the same goes for Man City and Arsenal. There's little bit of business all three of us could do in this window that just propel us to the next level in this title race. And I think for us, it would be an issue.
1: Can we talk about how mad it is though that literally? Three months ago, we were all sat here saying we need a DM in January. Well, this is this um, is a great
2: this is a great point. So we had a this, uh, comment here set from uh, Mike Andrews says, "If we buy Nasio and Andre, we will win this league. Opportunities do not come round often, and it's in our hands halfway through the campaign." I hear that a lot, by the way. And uh, you know, um, and my often concern with this is that like Arsenal was sort of commended for doing business in January last year. Trossard. It actually didn't get them across the line. They bought Trossard and Jorginho, Jorginho. Mm-hmm. and that was seen as real canny. But now you're left owning Jorginho and, Jor- and Trossard. You know? And bear in mind, Trossard
4: is now going to score and I apologise in both of the games against us. Um, you know, that's why fast forward in summer business is smarter because you want them anyway, essentially, and yeah. you know, I mean, longer term. They felt like the Jorginho one in particular felt like they needed some experience and they yeah. just bought it. But the DM thing, to your point, Chloe,
2: I think is really interesting because... Do we? Do people still think we definitely need a DM this D- season? People still think we definitely need a DM. I mean, people as in the in this room.
1: Long term, right now.
4: Long term, right now.
1: No, long term, yes, right you know,
4: now. Remember, this oh, is also sorry, a podcast. Eddie. Long term, no. <laughs> sorry, <Shoddy. shows,
2: laughs> <laughs> yes. Wait, so yeah. Well, anyway,
3: Chris, uh, I am convinced that Klopp thinks McAllister is the DM of the future for us. Oh, that's but- I think that, that's fine. that's why I said I think. I didn't say everybody thinks. Yeah. Um <laughs> I think he likes McAllister as the six and will improve. And I think he thinks with his options at eight he's okay with that. Um I would do a DM, to be honest with you, I would do an Andre and I would do it for for exactly those reasons mm, that yeah. you know, I, I, and I've said that it was it was Mike, wasn't it? it, it almost echoing sentiments of stuff that I've, I've thought over the last few few weeks and months and stuff but Dan's right you've got to bring business forwards that you want so there have yeah. got to be players there's not just like um, shit we need to buy a centre half let's get Ozan Kabak like yeah. that's not good yeah. enough for yeah. what Liverpool yeah. needs they need the, the future and whether that be a right side the centre half which you know three weeks ago I was saying I would have done that now the injury to this changes that now I'm the left-sided centre half. left back is the the obvious shout where you can strengthen because he you improves your team today
2: yeah I think that's it my point on the judging your thing is that is that effectively they improved their squad, but they didn't improve their first 11 with those signings I think anyone Liverpool buy needs to be someone who, who really challenges the first 11 so if it's a DM it's, it's got to be Miles better than McAllister or, or Endo is my point on this. Is that you know, and I don't know what and Andre might be that, but mm. I don't know that Andre is that. And I and I probably thought Andre was definitely at a month ago, but Endo's been sensational since then. And even if we think, oh, well, Endo may be missing for a month or five weeks or whatever now you're not going to bring anyone in who's going to have a massive impact in that time anyway. And if they did, it would have been done by now. Mm. I think it's a 1st of January kind of kind of, <laughs> kind of of decision. And again, Andre could have been that, I yeah. think, if we were desperate, if he was definitely going to be
4: the one for yeah, us. Yeah, we, we could have signed Andre and we still could if we really wanted to. I'm absolutely certain of that. And you're right, I think the the problem is with that though is our squad now has sort of stood us in such good stead. You've seen it last night we made four changes and they helped us get over the line. Essentially, it's happened numerous times this season. So your squad lads can be difference makers between now and the end of the season so that's another point but with the Andre endo stroke McAllister thing I think Andre sort of sits in the middle of the two of them he's the perfect hybrid blend yeah. of what Rattaro offers in terms of his tenacity his ball winning and he's got that class and the technique and the technical ability of a McAllister I think Chris is right in terms of Klopp clearly wants his six to be a ball player now he wants him to be able to get on the ball and make things happen I think Andre is just the answer to both of them I think Rattaro is a little bit too one way and McAllister is a little bit too the other way whereas there's a fella who sits right in the middle yeah
3: well, he, that's a the- problem is it when you look at these players you do have to think well, what does what Klopp is Klopp as a manager he likes the players that he's got at his disposal and he doesn't like having too many options and I know we only bought Endo for 16 million but Endo's a part of the squad now yeah. and Klopp's size <laughs> and McAllister's a part of the squad and Jones is and Elliot is and Sobersley, and Gakpo and all these lads that we've got that can play in the middle mm. of the park he's and got, Carvalho now and as, well, as well right? and he, he will be like I've got I've got midfielders and we forget <laughs>
2: By the way, that we do this every year of like we always think the squad's missing something. And then he buys a left winger. <laughs> yeah. He buys another forward. <laughs> buys another forward. Um, <laughs> but we all we always think that. But we forget sometimes that every club Thinks that mm. no, there's no such thing as a perfect squad, and I, I always a, a when I, you play FIFA or Pro Evo, and you go like a Barcelona or a Real Madrid, and you're like, I'm sorry, who is their backup centre forward? <laughs> like I saw like Tuba Moting, still the backup Bayern Munich centre forward. Like what? What? How is how is that a thing? Like you know, like Lewandowski. Wow, what a great centre forward. He understood The lad who went to Stoke. Like <laughs> you, know, he, you know, So I think we, you you're right, and I think the the logic. My, my opinion always changes as it, as it kind of progresses because you get to see them do it. Like, when we had the season we had no left back and Milner did it, like, you can't go, it's going to be fine, James Milner will play brilliantly at left back in the summer because you've not seen him do it. But then you get through half a season you're like, wow, James Milner's a really good, was a really, really good left back for us. And these kind of things develop and I, i if Fuzzy was on paper, I would still be going out and getting the amazing DM and the amazing centre-half and I'd be looking for Mo Salah's long-term replacement now rather than doing it in the summer or whatever. But, yeah. yeah, football doesn't happen like that, does it? You know, Jurgen likes what he's got. We have got loads of footballers, by the way. Loads. And there's still a world where, at some point, Bacetic is going to come back. And don't laugh, but obviously, Thiago will play for us at
3: some point as well. And there's two lads I didn't even name when I was talking about the midfielders. And they're, 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 Bacetic is a big player in terms of the long term future of the midfield, isn't he? Yeah,
2: He might be the one we're talking about, by the way, cool. who's the tenacity plus the, 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 the guile.
1: Does anyone remember how many. Uh... Non English spaces, we are. Well, it's another we...
4: one now with Matic yeah. being out, isn't it?
1: Okay, sounds. so. I think
4: that's two now. So isn't I mean, that's, it? There's one anyway, and now matip has got to be out the, of it. The, so. the
1: thing I think is, is unless it's clear, like, look, I sat here when we signed with Tori Rendon, I was like, if he's a good player, boss, but I couldn't tell you the first thing about him. And I think a lot of us wrote him off in the first couple of months. So we, we just was like, I don't know what we've signed, really. I think but everybody
3: thought, I think that's fair, I think everybody thought his ceiling was low yeah
1: exactly um, but it turns out Jürgen Klopp knows exactly what he's doing um, and, and and that's what I think I'd love to go out and spend all this money but unless it is on the right player then th- there's no point in doing it and I don't know if Andre is the right player well, anymore
2: for yeah. me It's I, we're in a position, a position now where when we look at we'll players they need to be brilliant Yeah, I think we need to buy really 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 good players because you've got to start to think about at some point you're going to have to replace Van Dijk and Salah Mm -hmm. they're the next ones who are going to be reaching that point of their career and that needs to be done and you need good money to make that happen Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah I mean look we're doing all right, aren't we so far it goes back to like people people lose I'm seeing it already people are already starting to get really I, I haven't seen FSG mentioned once in the comments for like the last Two and a half months. Point, yeah. But now January's coming back at all. Well. But FSG won't spend the people to talk about like this. Like like the, like like the uh, yeah, like this like deep understanding of how it goes. Like Liverpool haven't spent basically hundred million in the last two January transfer windows and would have been at least that, if not more, if Carvalho's paperwork had gotten done just before the uh, the, the deadline done a couple of years ago. Um so yeah, it's we're but are not right, aren't we? we're talking top, top oh, yeah. of the league. Could be worse. It could be a lot worse. Um FA Cup third round. Arsenal. I don't want to do this. Do this. Every year we have this fucking conversation and I'm well aware of it, but this is the I, I'm going to ask the question, but I'm actually coming at it from a really different angle in my head. Who's asked about the FA Cup third round? Uh, yeah, I I, I, I'll go for it. that.
3: Yeah, I am. Yeah? yeah? Yeah, I'll go
4: for that.
2: Yeah.
3: I am
2: asked. I don't want us to lose football games but I am so calm about this football match because we often talk about the League Cup I, I think if you get to the League Cup semi-final I think it takes precedence over an FA Cup third round regardless of who you're playing but when you're in a, a League Cup quarter-final there's a little party that goes ah fuck that and just vote you know what I mean Yeah, yeah. us going ahead of Arsenal in the league Chris and the fact that we've got to play them at the end of the month going into February we've got that that, that League game is huge, and we've got the League Cup semi-final. I I, that's what I mean. I don't "ass" is not the right words, but I would happily if you told me we're going to lose this game. I honestly. Right yeah. now, I'm not that ass.
3: But also, there's a point where you can put the final nail in Arsenal's coffin this season already, isn't there? Because the form that they've been in, you know, since they played us, they they've lost a couple of games. Everybody's talking about them all the time, and Arteta and his options and yada yada yada. To put a second team out and beat Arsenal would be gravy, as far as I'm concerned. That mm. would be best case scenario. But you don't want to beat them in the league. I like, oh, <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. I've told, I said, I said it before and said everything's focused on the yeah, league yeah. for me right now but like that's why I'm putting a second team out and beating Arsenal's great Yeah, I'm fine with that I'm not putting a first team out Is yeah.
2: that what everyone else is
3: yes. thinking
1: yes. this? heavily We've rotate? lowered our expectations now because like we know like if it was you know Huddersfield or Portsmouth or something like that Well, you're much more arse because if you lose, that's an absolute shocker. But Arsenal have something to prove. I don't think the... Where we look at our squad and we look at our bench and we look Mm. at the youngsters and we're like, oh my God, you know what? Kwanzaa, unbelievable, yeah? Throw him in a Premier League game. I don't think they have that so I think they'll have to go pretty strong. I think they need a performance. They need a result. And they're not in the Carabao Cup. They're now five points off top of the table. This... Unless they really make a comeback in the in the league, and Man City will have something to say about that. Um, it's not us that they also need to fight with. It. It's Manchester City as well. Um, they need something out of this. Otherwise, it's just been another year of losing the title and not really coming away with anything. So there's you've not really improved on last year. So they need something. So I look at it and think Liverpool are going to put their second team out. Mm. Arsenal are probably going to go a bit stronger. We're away from home. And it's it's the, it's the a vile first round for us. So whatever the outcome is, boss if we win, if we lose, second team We put our second team care. out and on the league. I,
3: yeah. You won't know anything about that.
2: I totally agree. I totally agree with that logic. I, I think that's, that's the, right, Dan. But it rotates. I don't think it has to be a, a total... It's not, We're not talking totally no. Shrewsbury type no, levels of no. team no, we're putting no. out here. But you can make... you. No Salah, no Endo. You're already missing your left backs, mm-hmm. so you, there's going to be some obvious changes that you're going to have to make for this, regardless, yeah. and understandable changes. It's just how much more you go. But I, agree. if you if you make if he makes if it's Quanser at the back and it's mm-hmm. and it's no Van Dijk,
4: if it's no Allison, then that does weirdly kind of take the pressure off Liverpool in this. Yeah, one hundred percent it does. Yeah, and I think Chloe's right. I think Arsenal's form. Will sort of play into the fact that they'll be desperate for a result because they can't go three defeats on the to Centre, can they? Because that's very damning then on Mikel Arteta all of a sudden. The fact of a home as well, they'll need to put a performance in front of their home fans. But yeah, for me, I'm arsed to the extent whereby I'd like us to win the game, but am I arsed enough to go full strength? No, I'm not even in the slightest. I would be I would be making these changes that we're speaking about here. I'd be switching up the eights. You're probably going to see Gravenberg, who hasn't started loads of games. Lisa Bosley like, hobbled off last night with a hamstring problem. He doesn't play as Harvey Elliott instead and all that type of stuff. And, probably Joko Jost who hasn't had loads of minutes it's those types of changes you're, you're managing the squad minutes as opposed to wholesale changes just throw the kids in let's get out of this competition it's not that it's let's be clever with what we're doing here it's a pity Tyler Morton suspended so we can't recall
2: him <laughs> for this one
4: um, harsh that by the way oh, very
2: really harsh, harsh.
3: Um, how cool. are Paul the back the, the defenders who who are you thinking here oh, I, so I, I would have played I think I might have played Van Dijk
2: I'm going to throw be. this instead because I'm it's my show I'm going to throw this on you by a Yo Cool <laughs> who right. says defined second team pager okay so
1: Keller has got the Carabao so
3: does, yeah do we keep do we give him the I'd FA Cup uh, I, I would put him in this game yeah. I'd give him the FA okay. Cup yeah I would I have value. now I would have probably Van Dijk and Kwanza as yeah. my centre halves with Owen back. left back <laughs> Otherwise, why have you recalled him? Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. Him, and then him? is it Gomez right back then? No, Bradley. Bradley.
1: Which means I'd put Gomez centre back next to Quinson and give Virgil. But, no, yeah. no, but he needs a rest,
3: Gomez. No, Gomez needs a rest. Yeah, he doesn't need to move. He needs a rest. Is the problem? Yeah.
4: They say change is as good as a rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's
3: actually laughs> well, he's had loads of fucking <laughs> rest this
2: season. Then <laughs> cause that cause that he's played like every minute.
3: He's chilling. So, in terms of DM. I mean McAllister needs in. the minutes, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. So he's on, he's on for sixty, McAllister. Harvey Elliott and Gravenberg. Yeah. Okay. With Gakpo Jota And I'd pick a right winger.
2: I'd Ooh. like to see Luis Diaz play on the right Ooh. for us. Did not see that coming. Um I think he needs I think we need to play him into <coughs> a bit of form as well. There's a little bit of an issue. And now obviously we have to be careful because we don't want to run everyone into the ground with, with the absence of Mo Salah. But I, do, I don't I do know what the answer is to the right-hand side. I think it would have been a little bit more Ben Doak if he was fit. Mm-hmm. It might be a little bit of, again, Kate Gordon on the bench. But of your choices, you know, Jot has done it in the past when Salah's yeah.
4: been gone. It might be as simple as him doing that again, but well, annoyingly, I think it would have been Harvey Elliott were it not for Sobazlai's problem, yeah. Uh, and again, Harvey Elliott would probably have to start in, in midfield, regardless of Sobazlai's issue in this one, you would imagine. But I think the answer to Salah being away is probably him playing right wings. I think the way he does it now, albeit you know, not Mohammed Salah, Salah does it, the way oh, Salah it. does it now, the way he plays the game is more akin to the way Harvey yeah. Elliott can do it in terms of coming inside and linking up making that triangle as opposed to the flying Mo Salah of just sheer pace which Harvey Elliott doesn't possess unfortunately but I think for this game I'd be tempted to go Gordon I would be really tempted to go Kate what, Gordon Carvalho? So no yeah. shots from Carvalho
3: I was going to say yeah. that yeah. Carvalho?
4: Carvalho? Maybe
1: Carvalho
4: centre forward <laughs> uh, they... i would be, Jotter, see Jotter, Colin, to be Jotter, fair Diaz an, and the right winger The
2: one thing yeah. that's just a slight, a slight wrinkle to this because again you talk about the Elliott oh, so no thing
3: no. Sorry
2: I think so. Elliot, right wing. Carvalho in the eight.
1: Yep, I don't mind Or Gappo
2: in the eight. Oh, yeah, I think we are. Uh, yeah, maybe the, the Elliot. I think Elliot looked good playing on that right hand side. Yeah, he did. the West, 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 West. West.
1: Ham looked good. This is season.
2: some
3: sound second team, is it? Because <laughs> I was good. It's what I It's because it is. It's managing minutes and yeah, stuff exactly. as well as people.
2: I was, <laughs> was going to suggest. I'd forgotten about the Carvalho thing completely, even though we've just spent ten yeah. minutes talking about him. Um, the 'Cause I was gonna uh, half jokingly say McConnell and then put McAllister in one of the eights. Mm. But Carvalho does give you that option to chuck him in to chuck him in. He's not been great in those in those positions so far. Sounds
3: like a forty three one this ball.
2: Oh, 44 Chris. <laughs> um yeah, but a couple, yeah, you could do, but you could do a four-two-three-one, and you could put Carvalho with more of a ten if you wanted to 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 mix it up. Mm. I don't honestly really care. <laughs> I, I have to be honest; I've never cared less about an FA Cup third round game against Arsenal. Like, and we've had a few of them down, down the years because of that safety blanket and the importance of the other competitions, mm. the league. You know, and I know you could just lose to Fulham. It happens. You know, we lost to Southampton in a, in a semi-final years
4: back but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really lazy for so it. So you'll be stronger thing. in midweek, team Myers. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, yeah, without 100%. A doubt Go and get for Fulham. Fulham.
1: Game one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, okay. I mean. yeah. Sad. And, and uh, aren't you off that weekend as well?
3: Yeah, we've got a weekend.
1: We don't off, play. Yeah. yeah, full strength for that Fulham
3: game. Okay. Sad. Smart. What it's away first against Fulham, is it? No, it's the other way around. Is it home first? Yeah, first yeah. I'd be tempted to throw Quandra into both of the Fulham and the yeah. Arsenal game, you know, and rest the centre-arms one by one yeah that sounds
4: interesting, interesting.
3: Hmm. yeah okay. very interesting. Nice to still have a few interesting options available to us,
2: though the fullbacks one's going to be going to be fascinating. what we do. Does he go to young fullbacks for this game? he always has to, doesn't it? But I think he has to go Van Dyke if he does that. To our yeah. to our mm. to our earlier points. So yeah, it will be interesting to see, right? Yeah, what would you do? Let us know if you're watching on YouTube. You can let us know in the comments. If you want to tweet us at the Red Men TV, you can do that as well. Uh, and if you want to get more content from us, we're going to be doing the Bias Football Pod. Um, where we're going to be discussing whether Arsenal uh, are flopping. Um, flopping? Flopping. Uh, flopping Flopping's an interesting word, isn't it, Chris? I like flopping. <laughs> You'll flop all over the place. Um, I don't really. That's taking me to a dark place. Um, I think you should come and join us. And if you want to check it out for free, use the code CLOP on redmenplus.com. Uh, we're going to be live immediately after this, pretty much. So come and join us. Do you remember
3: there. The, uh, what someone said to Steve Pye on the bus once? No. I'll, f- I'll flop you, plumb.
2: plum. plump. <laughs> uh, there's a deep cut. Paul and Chris in, private joke reference there for you guys. Um, more of that shit over at RedBendPlus.com. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you soon. Bye. Hey,
0: it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos,
2: activewear and fine leather goods